0: a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness outlies, and a person who stirs up conflict in a community. Another translation would say, a person who stirs up dissension among brothers. Uh Uh-oh. These are things that the Lord hates. Obviously, there are a lot of things that we know that God loves. You know, the scripture, I mean, there's numerous scriptures that talks about, you know, that the Lord, that uh, John uh, 316, you know, the Lord, the Lord loves the world. I mean, there's scriptures in the New Testament, first John, that talks about the Lord. He lavishes his love on us. So we know all the things God loves. He loves us. He loves me. He loves the world. He doesn't love the world system, but he loves the people in the world. But sometimes there are things that God hates. Well, God is love. Well, there are, well, Scripture also says, and so we're just going to break down a few of these things because these are attitudes that we have that the Lord doesn't look down upon or He, or he doesn't look uh, upon with a, with a smile. He looks upon with a frown. He looks down with a frown. So the first thing is haughty eyes. So what is a haughty eye? That just... You know many of us maybe we don't know exactly what that is and so if somebody has a haughty eye it's just it's not really a term that we use nowadays, but what that means is blatant uh, disdain, uh, disdainfully proud or arrogant it's when we set ourselves up above others so when you look, when you have a haughty eye, you actually look down upon other people so isn't it amazing that out of you know uh, murder, and all these other things, the very first thing that God hates is people who are filled with pride who look down upon others. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we can go all the way back to the first sin, the one that was before Genesis. And what was it that, that caused the devil to fall? It was pride. And so that's, that's the very first thing that God hates. Haughty eyes is having a proud heart. Proverbs chapter twenty-one, verse four says this. It says, "Haughty eyes and a proud heart, they unplowed fields of the wicked produce sin." So it kind of goes hand in hand. When you have haughty eyes, when you look down upon other people, or you look down upon others, you have a proud heart. Uh oh. I don't want to. I don't want a proud heart. Look at your neighbor, and say, row, row, "Raggy." <laughs> yeah. Well, he we don't need to have a proud heart. to have haughty eyes is to have an arrogant demeanor it's to look down at others or to look at them with scorn a haughty person will set themselves up above others and ultimately they set themselves up against God because a person that truly has, has pride in their heart they themselves become the center of the universe so a person that's filled with pride the world revolves around them so God hates haughty eyes. Because if you're standing yourself up as your your own God, well then how can you have room for God? This person that has a haughty spirit or a haughty heart will end up becoming unteachable and will not heed instruction. You ever deal with a person that has pride and you try to give them some instruction like, oh, I know how to do this. Oh, I, I got this figured out. Oh, I got this under control. Okay, have fun. And then usually they mess it up. It's like it's like the it's like the it's like the person that tries to put together the, the piece of equipment without the instructions. Anybody here ever do that? I can't raise my hand to say I do that because I like looking at pictures. So I look at the little pictures and I put it together according to the pictures. But the person that says, well, I got this taken care of. You're going to end up putting something together backwards. Something's going to be upside down wrong. And what's going to happen? You're going to have to humble yourself and go back to the instructions and fix it. Well, that's how it is in some people's lives. Some people, in their own lives, they try to do it their own way. They try to figure it out their own way, and then they get broke, and they have to come back to what? The instructions. The instruction manual for life, which is what? The B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before we leave an earth. You guys still awake with me today? James chapter 4, verse 6 says this. It says, God, that he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. How many of us know we need grace? Friends, I don't know about you, but the last thing I need is God to oppose me. I've already got multiple things opposing me. Are you ready for this? You ready for the list? It's the same list that you have. Say this with me. We already have Satan. Say Satan. Satan. That's opposing us. We already have that. We have the sinful nature. Go ahead and and mark that. The sinful nature. That is opposing us. And then what do we have? We have what? The world. That is opposing us. So you already have the Satan. You have your sinful nature. And you have the world that's already in opposition against you. The last thing you need is God to be opposing you. (laughs) Come on. I need God to be for me, not against me. In order for God to be for me, then i got to walk in humility. So what's the remedy to having haughty eyes? I just said it. Humility. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so proud to be humble. <sighs> I'm so humble over here. I'm just so humble. <laughs> I just love being humble. First Peter chapter five, verse five through six, it says in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your others, to your elders. All of you are all of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud and he shows favor to the humble. So what does it say? Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. So there's two things. One, it says that we are to clothe ourselves with humility. Okay? humility is, is one of those little trick, tricksy things in that it's not a fruit of the Spirit and it's not, it's not a gift of the Spirit. So it's not love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And it's not any of the gifts of the Spirit where it's supernaturally given to you. Humility is something you actually have to put on yourself. That's why he says clothe yourself with humility. Okay? I would rather me humble myself than have somebody else try to humble me. And God hasn't called you to try to humble others. Now, if you're in a position where you're in the leadership, maybe you can bring correction to somebody, but it's really not your job to humble them. It's God's job to allow them to humble themselves. And if you don't humble yourselves, God will humble you because he even says it. You can either humble yourself or let him humble you. You're going to get humbled one, or the way, one way or the other. I'd rather humble myself than be humbled by God. I don't know about you that just works better. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says this. It says that for the for by the grace given me I say to every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Oh, man, there are a lot of people that are superstars in their own mind. They are the they are the superstar. Can't nobody tell them? I mean they are I mean <laughs> Oh, shut up Josh. I just mm, Shut myself up. There we go. I'm right there. I'm, I'm, I'm practicing one of the scriptures I'm going to share uh, later on here. So, Mm. but some people, they, I mean, they just really think they're like the, I mean, they're the stuff. They are the best thing in South Toledo or the, you know, whatever. I mean, they, I mean, they, anyways, okay. I'm, I'm not going to get on that off so much. So you just know, you know, those people, you're around those people and they just, you know, they think that they're better than everyone. So, it says, do not think of yourself more highly than, than you all, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the faith God has distributed to each of you. Friends, and let me just tell you this, even me, as a, as a, a man of God, as the pastor of this church, friends, the, the scripture says that the greatest among you will be your servant, so in no way, shape, or form, because I'm a greater servant, does that make me a, 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 a greater person, or a better person? Some people think they have to, they have to go up to, you know, well, I need to, one day I'll be at your level. No, friends. If we're to be at any other level, Jesus told them that we are to be like a child. So if you want to be at any person's level in this building, be like the people up upstairs. Don't try to be like me. Don't try to be like Pastor Albert. Be like Jesus. And if you want to compare yourself, compare yourself to the kids upstairs. Because that's what, that's what, isn't that what Jesus said? That's what he said. All right. So there we go. In haughty eyes. Number two, say number two, a lion tongue. God hates a lion's tongue. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 27, or excuse me, 24:28 uh, says, do not testify against your neighbor without cause. Would you use your lips to mislead? Absolutely not. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22 says that the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. And then we got the old famous, say old famous, <laughs> Revelation 21, eight, 21, eight, the old famous Liars go to hell. I'm sure you've heard that before. The cowardly, unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars. Isn't that amazing that God would would put liars right in the same category as murderers and idolaters? That's pretty amazing. They will be uh, consigned to the fiery lake of burning salt. This is the second death. This is so God does not like Liars. What's the remedy, man? If you find yourself spewing lies all the time, you find yourself turning your little minnow into a whale <laughs> when you're telling stories. I caught it was this big. Why do we do that? Why do we, why do we exaggerate stories? Right. It goes all the way back to the first one. We want to look good, right? We want to make ourselves look good, make ourselves look better than we ought. But friends, let me tell you this. Friends, when you're telling a story, man, just tell it as it is. You don't need to make it bigger than it needs to be. What's the remedy? The remedy to having a lying tongue is to be a person of truth. That we would choose to be a person of truth. You make a stand to say, I want to be a man of truth. You make a stand and say, I want to be a woman of truth. You make a stand and say, I want to be a young person. that stands in truth. It says in John chapter 17, verse 17, friends, we got to get the Word of the Lord in us because the because the Word of the Lord says that we will be sanctified by His truth. It says, sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is truth. So friends, what's the remedy to having a lying tongue? Get the Word of the Lord inside of you because you'll be sanctified by truth. His truth, when when His truth is in you, His truth comes out of you. Isn't that good? That's good. Because friends... How many of us how many of us uh was a liar before committing our life to Christ? Mm hmm. Oh yeah. Lie to everybody. Lie to the police, lie to your mama, lie to your neighbors. Even lie to your friends. I ain't got no more left. Knowing you you still got a pocket full left. You're saving it for yourself later when everybody leaves. Lying to everyone. You know it's true. Sanctify them by your truth. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 3 says this. It says those who, because this is talking about, remember, a lying tongue, right? A lying tongue. Those who guard their lips preserve their life. Those who guard their lips preserve their life. Those who speak rashly will come to ruin. So friends, one of the remedies for us to not have a lying tongue is to guard our mouth. So sometimes if you find yourself getting ready to spew out something that you know untruthful, Man, just bite your tongue. It's better for you to stumble over your words and, uh, uh, and not say something that's untruthful than for you to spew out a lie. Right? Guard your lips. The Scripture says if you guard your lips, it'll guard your life. In some cases, friends, your, uh, our lives, what happens when we lie in front of a judge? It's called what? Perjury. You can go to jail for that. So that that's definitely can guard your life. So we need to be people of truth. Psalm 25 verse 5 says this. It says, guard me in your truth and teach me for you are God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. So you're asking the Lord, guard me in your truth. Let me be a person of truth. Let me walk in your truth. Psalm 86 verse 11. It says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I might walk in your truth. Amen. I want to be a person that walks in truth. And let me tell you this. Just like... uh, uh, if, you're, if you find yourself being a liar, it's a bad habit. It, it, you can break it. It just takes time, It takes time for you to, to, to fight against that thing. And you know what's all, you know it's hard? The hard thing is is that if you are find yourself lying, if there's any person around you that has any any uh, little drop of discernment, they know you're lying. It just it is what it is. I mean, as Pastor Drew, I mean there's been numerous times somebody's telling me, and I just the Holy Spirit's living inside of me and I can just tell they're telling me a bald face lie right now. It's okay. You ain't lying to me. <laughs> I'm so glad that this ain't New Testament time. Cause they were lied to the Holy Spirit and they <laughs> 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 fell down dead. Good thing I'm not Peter, right? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> John chapter eight, verse thirty two. Friends, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Friends, you, we don't want to be a, a person that has a lying tongue. We don't want to be a person that spews out lies. Friends, we need to know the truth. The truth is Jesus and He will set us free. Friends, we can walk in freedom. We can walk in truth. And it's so good to be able to not feel like you're always having to, to like, you know, tell stories and, and, and cover up your mess and all that. I mean, it's just it's ugly. Because usually if you tell one lie, it spews into, Numerous lies. Any parent in here, I, I know that there's some of them, that they would rather, they would even lessen the discipline on their child if they told them the truth about something that really happened. But if they found out that they lied about it, how many would actually take their discipline level up a notch? Why? Because we value truth. And as a parent, you want to have that. You don't want your kid lying to you. And so, I mean, I've even, there's been times where it's like, if you tell me the truth, There won't even be a punishment. I just want to know what really happened. Sometimes people still have a hard time. I'll tell you what's funny. What's funny is when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and one of your kids is lying to you, they tell you the whole lie and it says, no, this is exactly how it happens. I've had this happen. And I've spat out exactly how it happened. And they said, how did you know? Because the Holy Spirit lives in me and God sees everything. That's how. Just how it works. Number three. You guys stay with me. We're halfway through this. The third thing that God hates are hands that shed innocent blood. Hands that shed in innocent blood. Again, Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, the old famous. We just talked about how liars will not inherit the kingdom, but it also says the murderers, the cowardly, unbelievers, the murderers. They will be thrown into the lake. So God does not like people who shed innocent blood. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 17. It's one of the 10 commandments. It says what? You shall not shall not murder. Look at your neighbor say murder. Doesn't it just sound like a like a like a word that just murder. I mean it just has a weird sound to it, doesn't it? You shall not murder. Just it is what it is. John chapter 8 verse 44 says this. Here we go. Uh-oh. Look at your neighbor say uh-oh. It says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your own father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So if if Satan was a murderer from the beginning and we have murder in our hearts, who does that make us a son of? I'm a son of God. Jesus just says, you belong to your father, the devil. Uh Uh-oh. I've never told somebody that, but Jesus can. <laughs> Got awful quiet in here. <laughs> James chapter 4, verse 1-2 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight, and you do not have because you do not ask God. You don't have because you don't ask God. One more here, one more verse here. Mark chapter 7, verse 21, friends, and and this is where we're going to go. We're going to get to the heart of the matter because Scripture says that usually when somebody acts out in sin, usually it happens on the inside first before it becomes an action. So this is what it says in Mark chapter 7, verse 21 through 22. It says, for it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. So he's saying these things come from within a man's heart. So in order, God hates a, a, a hands that shed innocent blood, but the person shed the blood in their heart first before they acted on it. So what's the remedy? The remedy is we need to let God guard our heart. We need to let God deal with the anger that's in our heart. For most people, when they act out, if they act out in a, in a murderous situation, there was anger that was there first. And so we need to let God deal with the anger that's in the heart. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 through 22 says, You have heard that it was said to people long ago, 'You shall not murder,' and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. And again, anyone who says, Raka, is answerable to the court, and anyone who says, 'You fool,' We'll be in danger of hellfire. So he's saying, friends, in order for us, let's let's take let's take it up a notch in order to guard us. What's the remedy from having hands that shed innocent blood is we got to deal with the murderous tendencies inside this heart right here. Are you getting it? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, We demolish arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Friends, you want to deal with murderous thoughts, murderous tendencies, you've got to take that thought captive. How do you take something captive? Have you ever played, uh, when you were a kid, maybe cops and robbers, or you played where there were bad guys, and, and what did you do? Maybe you, you took their hands and you bound them up. That's what we've got to do with our thoughts. We have to bind them. That taking it captive. When somebody's arrested, they, they don't let their hands just do whatever. They put their hands behind their back and they get cuffed. Why? Because it keeps them from violently, aggressively acting out on them. So that's what we have to do with our thoughts. If we don't take them captive, they can violently and aggressively cause us to act out on them. Are you getting this, friends? Take our thoughts. Every, uh, take every thought captive. In Genesis chapter four, verse seven. And this is very fitting because many of us know where Cain and Abel. What happened? Cain killed his brother Abel, but this is what God told him before the act even happened. He says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Another translation will say you must master it. So sin, we have to master it. It crouches at the door. God told, told, uh, told Cain to master it. So we got to master it. That's the remedy. we gotta, we got to uh, submit it to God. we got to conquer over it. And then finally, Mark chapter 12, verse 32, Mark chapter 12, verse 31. Friends, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than this. Friends, in order for us to truly rule over that, we got to love our neighbor. When you have a love towards people, it it really does fizzle out the anger that, that we might have towards our neighbor. And then he goes on and he says it even, even a one step further. He says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Who in here can actually say, without a shadow of a doubt, that they love terrorists? Raise your hand. There's <laughs> not a single hand in this place that raise their hand. But isn't that what God just instructed for us to do? What does that say? It says, I tell you, love your enemies. <laughs> Sorry, this is rough, ain't it? I'm not raising my hand either. This is something we all have to work through. Love your neighbors. Pray for those who persecute you. I'll pray for them. I can't love them yet. Love your enemies. It's 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 uh it's easy to say it, it's hard to do it. Right? Come on. Come on, bishop. Look at your neighbor and say, Come on, bishop. Come on, Bishop. Come on. I mean, I know you guys are ready for me to move on to number four. Here we go. Number four. God hates hearts that that devise wicked schemes. What does that mean? That uh, that's when people, when they try to get over on others. Proverbs chapter twenty-four, verse one through two says, "Do not envy a wicked person. Do not desire their company, for their hearts plot violence and their lips talk about how about making trouble." Proverbs chapter 11 verse 20-21 uh, says, "The Lord tests those whose hearts are perverse, but He delights in those who are blameless. Be sure of this: the wicked will not go unpunished, but those who are righteous will go free." So there are people that, in their heart, they de- they they come up with schemes on how to do wickedness. They come up with schemes that devise how to get over on people. And God hates that. God hates people that have hearts that devise. Wickedness. They, they, they have schemes of wanting to deceive and get over on people. They plot to do damage to others. Again, Matthew chapter 15. We're going all the way back to the heart. For uh, Verse 19 and 20 says, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands, they do not defile a person. So, so he said, we're defiled when our heart is filled with these things. So when, when, when we have a heart that devises wicked schemes and it's filled with all of these things, what's the remedy? Friend, the remedy is to guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Guard your heart. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 it says, Above all else, say above all else. Guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Another translation says, For it is the wellspring of life. Friends, our heart is the place, it's the battleground where the enemy tries to take root. It's the battleground where the enemy wants to have dominion. That's why we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. Because friends, that, and so the enemy wants that place because if he can have your heart, he can have what you do. You notice it says a heart that devises wicked schemes. That means it's inside there. So the enemy if he can if he can control a person's heart and their thought life then they'll do whatever whatever evil or wicked scheme that's in front of them. So it's so it's our job to guard our heart for everything we do flows flows from it. And I'm I'm going to tell you this this was when I when I first committed my life to Christ. Friends, you want to have a heart that walks in purity? Friends, this is the remedy. This is the absolute remedy and it's Psalms 119 verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So if the enemy wants to have dominion over your heart and and allow evil schemes to plot out of it, you shove the word of the Lord into that thing, friends, and there ain't going to be room for evil schemes. You fill your heart with the word of the Lord and what's going to come out of your heart. Because it says out of your heart flows all of these things. What did it say? It says from out of the heart flows uh, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slandering these are what defile a person. They flow out. They come out of your heart. So if we're filling our heart with the word of the Lord, what's going to come out of our heart? Is there three people that still here? Only three? I've hidden your heart in my word that I might not sin against you. Verse, Matthew chapter 12 verse 33 through 35 says, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be, will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how, how are you who are evil say anything good? From out of the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. Remember what I just said? I said we've got to hide his word in our heart. But an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So friends, store the word of the Lord in your heart. You want to have a heart that's not filled with wickedness? Store the word there. Let it reside there. Come on. This is good stuff right here. Preaching to myself. Number five, here we go. Feet quick to rush to evil. We're almost done. There's a lot of things here. Proverbs chapter one, verse 10 and 11 says, My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let us lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. And then it goes on to say, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna make a come up off of this person. And we're not gonna get into all that. We're going to go right to Proverbs chapter 4 verse 14 and 16. It says, Do not set your foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it and go on your own way for they cannot rest until they do evil. They are robbed of sleep until they make someone stumble. What are these f- feet that are quick to rush into evil? Proverbs, uh, chapter, uh, Uh, 17 verse uh, 13 and also proverbs chapter 24 verse 1 to 2 they're they're both kind of the same thing it says do not envy the wicked do not desire their company for their hearts plot violence and their lips talk about making trouble what's the remedy what's the remedy for having feet that want to rush in and do evil it's actually really simple friends we need to think things through (laughs) sometimes we just need to stop and think before we act if we don't want to have feet that rush into evil or feet that rush into doing something that's stupid and foolish, then we need to think things through. I love what it says in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 12 through 15. It says, wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. Wisdom. Look at your neighbor say, wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. From men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight path, to walk in darkness, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Say devious. (laughs) We need to think things through. Friends, we need to stop. And wisdom says that it will save you. What's wisdom? That's thinking things through. Before you make a decision and you rashly act out on it, you need to think about the consequences of what you're going to do. If the person that, that... uh, was hanging out with all of their friends and they, uh, were, you know, they were hard up on crash and they went and they robbed the liquor store, not knowing that that robbery was going to turn into a murder, would have thought things through, and now they're doing life in prison. If they would have said, hey wait, this is probably not the smartest idea, because I don't know how this is going to turn out, thinking they were going to get a few, uh, a few bucks quick cash ends up turning into a homicide and now they're doing a life imprisonment. If they would have thought things through, I bet you it wouldn't have not turned out the way it did. But friends, but a lot of times, that's what happens. We do the most foolish things because we just act rashly. And we make, I'll tell you what, I've made some of the most dumbest decisions by not thinking things through. How many can testify of the same? Okay. Good, I'm glad I'm not the only one that's made dumb decisions. I'm amongst con, I'm, I'm amongst peers that have that have stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> a few more verses here. Proverbs uh Chapter 2, verse 12, read that already. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15, it says, when we're tempted, we shouldn't say, God has tempted me. We cannot be tempted, nor can, uh, can, we cannot be tempted by evil, nor uh, do we tempt anyone, for each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and entice. So, friends, if we can guard that, then friends, uh, then we can be people that won't rush into evil. What's the remedy? We need to think things through. We need to guard our heart again. And then we're gonna go to number six false witness who pour out lies okay what's a false witness a false witness is a person that lies on an innocent person or they speak against a neighbor or a false testimony to say someone did something when they really didn't do it that's what a false witness is and so there are, so you are basically saying you were a witness to something that you never saw so that's what it is you're a false witness you're not a real witness you're a false witness friends false being a false witness is something that God hates. If you're gonna lie on another person, then that's something that's detestable to the Lord. You're gonna give a witness about somebody that's false. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 28 says, do not testify against your neighbor without cause. A lot of people say, well, I don't even like that person. That's why I'm (laughs) testifying. So you're gonna cause them, you're gonna testify against them because you don't like them? What's wrong with you? Would you use your lips to mislead? Proverbs chapter 21, verse 28 says this. It says, A false witness will perish. Say perish. Dang. But a careful listener will testify successfully. So, friends, if you don't know all of the story, then don't go blotting out what you don't know about. That's what ends up turning into gossip and slander. Well, I heard this. And, and <laughs> I, you know, I saw this, or or this person looked like they were doing that, but sometimes sometimes we just misjudge things. Do you know that sometimes we look and we really don't know the full story. We are so quick to judge anybody here quick to judge. I said, I I said this a a number of years ago, you know, we, we just look on the outside and if a person was to to come walking in in here and they had their glasses on with the little duct tape on the front and they had their little pocket protector from the outward, you would automatically judge and say, that's a smart person or a nerd. What are you doing? You're prejudging. Right? I mean that's just that's just what we do. So we gotta be careful not to not to judge in that way. Exodus chapter twenty, verse sixteen, it says you shall not it doesn't say on the Ten Commandments, it doesn't say you shall not lie. It says you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. That's something that God doesn't really like all that much. What's the remedy? oh, here's the remedy. It's the remedy to pretty much everything. Love your neighbor. Son of a gun. Because, friends, if you love your neighbor, you're not going to bear a false witness against them. Right? You're going to stick up for them. The person that you love, you'll stick up for. You're not going to bear false witness. And and notice that it didn't say love your family, love your mama, love your daddy. It says love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Therefore, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. When you realize that really we are all, the scripture says that we have one father and that we are all brothers and sisters in Christ, then why would we bear false witness against our own brother or our own sister? Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says this. And so in everything, do to others as you would have them do unto to you. Who in here would like somebody to bear false witness against them? Not I. I don't want anybody lying on me saying I did something I didn't do. How many of us know the Scripture says that whatever we reap, we will sow. So if we find ourselves bearing false witness or false testimony, friends, we're going to get the same thing back. Last thing I need is for people to be lying about me. Look at what Pastor Joshua did. I've seen him do this. If I ain't seen it, I ain't sharing about it. And that's just It is what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I want, other people to, I want other people to stand up for me. So I, I, I'm going to do my best to stand up for others. And everything that we do, do as you would have them do unto you. Amen. Last one. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Number seven. A man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Woo. There's two scriptures that talk about hotheads. One of them is Proverbs chapter uh, 15 verse 18. It says a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 22 says, an angry person stirs up conflict, a hot tempered person commits many sins. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 19, guess what? Men aren't the only ones. It also talks about women. You're not off the hook either. It says, better to live in the desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. <laughs> God hates a person that stirs up dissension. Stirs it on up. So does that mean when all this political stuff's going on, I gotta tell in my mind, uh oh, you already know you're gonna poke the hornet's nest. Why would you stir up dissension? Oh my gosh. I'll tell you what, this season has just been horrible. Come on. Leave, leave your, leave your own, uh, political thoughts to yourself. If you know what's gonna stir up dissension, which is our remedy? Which is our remedy? What's the remedy? If you don't wanna stir stir up dissension, You need to keep your mouth shut. You already know that if I put this on my wall, it's going to cause a controversy. And now you're having a debate with half the people in the church. What's your problem? God says that He hates people that stir up dissension among brothers. But i got to tell them about themselves. No, you don't. We're going all the way back to number one. That's pride. You don't have to tell people about themselves. See, this is a beautiful thing. See, this is a beautiful thing. This is, this is, here, let me share, let me share this with you. Beautiful thing. There's this place, ice cream place, it's called Baskin Robbins. How many flavors does it have? Thirty-one. So if I go to Baskin Robbins and I get, let me think, what's my favorite? I get cookies and cream. And my wife goes in there and she gets, what do you want to get, hon? She wants to get chocolate chip cookie dough. Which one of us is wrong? Which one's better? I think mine's better. She thinks hers is better. We can sit here and have a debate for hours on which ice cream is better. Does it really matter? <laughs> and then somebody will say both y'all wrong. It's pistachio. your name and say, choose your battles. Friends, there are, there are, there are things that we are called to stand up for. You know what we're called to stand up for? We're called to stand up for truth and righteousness. But friends, most of the things that, that people are standing up for nowadays isn't going to mean a lick of difference when they're standing before eternity. We're called to stand up for the word of the Lord. And there are more people that are they that, that are more, uh, uh, that they're more concerned about a political party than they are about their Christian values. Come on, let's just, let's just move forward. Let's stop all the stupidness. A man who stirs up dissension among brothers. The remedies that keep our big mouth shut. Here it is, 2 Timothy verse 2, or chapter 2, verse 22. It says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Stupid is as stupid does. But I just got to tell them, they're so stupid right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because you know they produce quarrels and the lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. I'm telling you man, this, you know, this whole political season has been just so difficult. I'm I'm just seeing men and women just really hate on each other. It's ugly. Can't we just all get along? Colossians chapter 3, verse 7 through 9 talks about talks about crawling, but I'm going to end it here. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 through, through 16. Friends, and this is what the Lord is calling each and every, and every one of us to do. It says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Everything. Do everything without arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God. Excuse me. Without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life and then I will be able to boast on that day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Friends, these are things that the Lord hates, and so it's going to be our absolute best interest to stay away from. Having haughty eyes. Having a lying tongue. Having heart, uh, a heart that, uh, hands that shed innocent blood. Having a heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush to evil. Bearing false witness against others. Uh, uh, being a person who stirs up dissension. Would you stand your feet with me today? get a chance i just want to encourage you we we did we did just such a small small tidbit on the book of proverbs there are 31 chapters with such good content i just want to challenge you that if you have ever not read through the book of proverbs i just want to encourage you and challenge you to to make that a make that a uh something that that you would set and say this is something that i want to that i want to read through and and hey Put it on your put it on your U uh, version app. Put it in your Bible plan, and for the next for the next few weeks or the next month or so, just start reading the book of Proverbs and allow it to apply wisdom to every situation that you encounter, because it really will. So Father, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, God, for again being able to join God with you and with our brothers and sisters in the house of the Lord. And God, we just pray right now in the name of Jesus, God. Just that, God. That last one, Father. It kind of hits a hits a nerve because of just what we're seeing happening in our country, God. With God, with riots happening, God, and 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 and, and people hurting police officers, God, and and and, and people uh, acting out uh, their freedom in a in a way that that uh, God that, that's not healthy. And, and Lord, we just pray, God. We pray, oh, Lord, God, that we would be God men and women that, God, desire to have you first and keep you first in all that we do. Lord, all the division and all the dissensions, God, and all, Father, the schemes of the enemy, Father, that are sent against us, that are sent against the body of Christ, that are sent against our country, we just command them to flee in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, God. Your word says, God, blessed it is when brothers dwell together in unity. God, we thank you, that God, that there is unity in the spirit of God. So, Father, we thank you for unifying the body of Christ. Lord, thank you that, God, it's not about being a Baptist or being a Pentecostal, God, or being a Presby- a Presbyterian, God, or, or, or being a Lutheran or being this or that. But, God, it's about being a son or a daughter of the Most High God. So, Father, we thank you that you would continue to break, God, every division in your house and in the body of Christ. And moreover, God, I pray that it would flow over to our country. God, and that you would break, oh, God, every wicked divisiveness that's been set against us, oh, God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we want to be men and women that stand on your truth. God, that stand firmly on the word of the Lord. And Lord, we thank you that God, that this would be a great season for the body of Christ to rise up and show the love that we have for one another. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Friends, if you would for anything, we would love.